Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome to Jaybird Watching. Uh, today I have country singer slash Blue Jays enthusiast Chris Henderson joining me. How's it going, Chris? Doing very well, my friend. How are you today? Doing wonderful. And uh, we were today we're going to talk bold predictions for the Blue Jays offseason. Kind uh, of got a weird offseason going on here as far as the minor league guys are ready to take over, but what do they do in the meantime to, you know, hopefully stay relevant and competitive in 2019? And with Charlie Mateo and everybody else coming in and whatnot, it's a wonderful cultural shock we have going on now as Blue Jays fans. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's something that I think has been been due as much as I as I wanted to see the team compete last year. And I know lots of other fans did too. It was one of those things where everything had to go right in order for it to happen, and it uh, very clearly didn't go that way. You know, so it's uh, it's as much as it's I would guess it's bittersweet because um, it's. You know, it's going to be a year or two of rebuilding, but there's a lot of exciting young talents on the way, and, and I think it's going to be a shorter rebuild than a lot of people think. Yeah, we've already been seeing the high end of that echelon of talent ripping up the uh, Arizona Fall League and becoming all-stars and even excelling during that game over the weekend here. So it's been very fun, and I think it's only going to get better as it goes into the spring training here. As uh, I've been making the goof with you over the years, is uh, this year is going to be the Thunderdome uh, Mad Max kind of movie going into spring training. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's that it, that uh, that fall start. I love that they call it the fall stars game. Their all stars game, you know, that you were kind of referring to there. I wrote an article earlier today, just looking at um, just looking at just the impressive impressive showing that those guys have done. And you know, Vladimir Guerrero's double that turned into a triple, or however you want to score that. He hit that ball at 117 mile an hour. Nate Pearson was touching 104 miles an hour on the radar gun. So it's just when you see those kind of numbers popping off the page, it's like, okay, then, you know, maybe next year is going to be a little bit frustrating. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I think we're, it's going to be in good hands. Yeah, or they just give the keys to the kingdom to the kids and let them run with it, right? <laughs> be fine by me. So, and I agree with you on that one. So, segue, now we talked a little bit about the wonderful youth that we have coming. How do the Blue Jays take this off season and get what they can out of it to be able to, you know, be what we all hope as Blue Jays fans? And this is competitive. Um, the, we've already saw what the starting pitching rotation could look like at the end of last season. They got plenty of depth throughout the regular everyday lineup at this point, and we didn't lose a ton of players. Yeah, we lost Marco Estrada, but there's always that rumor that he could come back. Anything that you have off the top of your head at this point that's like just like, you know what, it would be perfect if this kind of thing happened. Obviously, I don't think we're going to get Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, but <laughs> dreams can happen. Yeah. 
you know what? The way I look at the, it's funny because this is a weird off season. If if the Blue Jays were contending, there's so many great pieces that would be available, both in the free agent market and looking at what the Cleveland Indians have reportedly put on the trade market. I mean, the idea of trading for somebody like Corey Kluber is like, oh yes, please. But I mean, he's only got three years of contract control left, and and he would command an astronomical price. But uh, and going back to the Blue Jays, I, I really think this is going to be a patient offseason. Um, you know, there's, as you said, there the everyday lineup should be pretty pretty much ready to go. I don't really see any additions. Maybe an extra outfielder, but there really isn't a need there. Um, you, you know, they could trade a veteran or two and create a need, but at this point I think their lineup's pretty set. Uh, but I can see Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro kind of waiting out the pitching market and seeing what kind of bargains are available later in the, in the offseason. I think... Um, the starting rotation has a lot of great young pieces that I'm excited and I hope get a real ample opportunity next year. Um, but to to think that uh, they can rely on just five guys that would be you know Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, Ryan Barucki, um, and then you know Thomas Pinnell and Sean Reed Foley, you know Sam Gaviglio. I was I don't know I'm not even sure I'm saying his name right now, but um, you know that's kind of six guys that they've earmarked and and that's not that's not enough to get through the, the season as we've seen so. I do think they're going to need to add some pitching, but I think they're going to be patient. Yeah, and um, I agree with you that as far as the pitching staff goes, that is the wild card, and especially in the bullpen, I think, at this point. And uh, the Blue Jays, uh, over the last couple of years, have been notorious for the dumpster dive. Um, I have a couple guys that might not be the worst of ideas um, as far as some of those guys go. Obviously, Marco Estrada might be one of the best veterans you could bring back, but he has been definitely on the decline since the 2015-16 campaigns. Um, you got mm-hmm. guys like Matt Moore, uh, Irvin Santana, Miguel Gonzalez, Drew Pomerantz that are the well, quote-unquote low end of the free agent pitching market. <laughs> Is there anybody that's right. been uh, standing out to you that might actually be a possibility for the Toronto Blue Jays? You, you actually mentioned one guy that I wouldn't mind if the Blue Jays took a chance on. I, I Drew Pomeranz had some pretty bad back injuries and stuff he was battling over the last few years. And this past year, he wasn't very healthy. But I, I just love the idea of taking uh, you know a guy that was used to be an asset for the Red Sox and kind of fell apart and turning him back into something. So if if you know. If it's possible to get him on the cheap and see if he can turn back into the guy that he was in 2017, I think that could be uh, that could be a pretty good one. I like the idea of picking up some sort of veteran though too, just to help out this rotation. Like you know, at this stage, the only sure bet that I would say is Marcus Stroman, and even he hit the disabled list a couple times last year. Uh, I think Baraki asking Baraki to pitch 200 innings next year would be an awful lot for a first full season. So I don't, you know, I don't think you want to rely on him solely either. So. I'd love to see them pick up a guy like you know, a Gio Gonzalez or somebody that's just kind of going to eat those innings. A James Shields, one of uh, Jay Journal's writers, uh, Brennan Panikar, I did an article on him recently, and as non-sexy as that option is, at least he would get the job done as getting some innings taken care of. Yeah. Guys like that. And uh, if you had to give me one guy that was a reach guy, I will. I like the idea of them going after maybe like Gio Gonzalez. You know, he's a guy that was just in the playoffs yeah. with a, uh, you know, a great team in the Milwaukee Brewers. Someone like in that profile to me seems like to be. If you could shoot for that, that's the best. And if you had to take that step back to the next guys, worst case scenario, big sexy Bartolo Colon is going to be around. My yeah. Friend. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if I've wondered aloud if uh, the Blue Jays are going to give him his, one more job. Who knows? You know, I wouldn't be uh, another guy that I wouldn't mind. He doesn't quite fall into the lowest end of things. Is Tyson Ross? He showed that he could stay healthy last year. I didn't. Uh, you know, I, I think he'd be a guy that could provide some upside for, for probably a pretty good bargain. 
I mean, as far as as bullpen guys go, it's always such a crapshoot. I mean, every year it seems like there's these dudes you've never heard of that come out of nowhere and suddenly they're this dominant force. And so, when it comes to signing guys, you know, in a, in a situation like the Blue Jays are in right now, I mean, there's there's guys out there scrabbled looking for a job. I mean, you know, you know Queen, uh, Benoit still looking for a gig. I think I think he's not ready to retire. So who knows? I mean, uh, I think they'll be looking and just waiting to see what kind of bargains they can get late in the off season. Yeah, and I think that's where, uh, if I honestly had to dump money on this team right now, I'd be looking to see what I can get in the bullpen market. And I would just try to bring as many quality arms as I possibly could to spring training. And that might include even some of the guys that we were talking about who were bringing back John Axford. And I would hope we're not going back into Aaron Loops or <laughs> whatnot like that. Oh, but, goodness. Please, um, it not. really would not shock me that Tyler Clippard ends up coming back. Nope. So, that wouldn't surprise me either. You know, and, and I wrote an article a few weeks back where, I made an argument for why I think they should at least at least look into guys like Cody Allen or Andrew Miller. Both guys had bad seasons in 2018, and if you could convince them to do a one-year pillow contract where they come to Toronto and they get a big role in the bullpen, and you can trade them to a contender in July, then that way, hey, overpay them. I mean, the Blue Jays' payroll is going to be down anyway, so if you can pay decent money on a one-year contract to get like Cody Allen become a stud he was again and then trade him in July, why not? I mean, that might be a pipe dream to think that those guys might do that, but if they are looking for a one-year deal, Blue Jays have money to offer. Yeah, exactly, and there's plenty of guys that are also just looking to string it along in the Tony Sip, Zach Duke, Oliver Perez ballpark (laughs) that are... uh, No, totally. Reach the you know their clips and their uh, their main primes obviously, but this is the same thing as the Blue Jays bringing in like Troy Hawkins in the 2015 season. Right. You know you got someone that has a veteran presence that we could use to anchor that ball bullpen around with some of the younger kids. Because I would imagine a lot of these guys that don't make the starting rotation, um, especially I would I wouldn't see Sean Reed Foley jumping into the bullpen or something like that because they want to keep his arms stretched out. But there's a couple of those other guys that have been hanging around in Buffalo and New Hampshire that you know might. You know, start off the season as starters, and then it's like, you know what? We need the bullpen depth, and here you go. And those are the kind of guys that you would want in that bullpen to teach those younger players what to do in that situation. Sure. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can even see, uh, you know, if, tell me if I'm saying it wrong. Is it Gavilio? <laughs> I, I, I've heard a different pronunciation. I hear Buck Martinez saying Gavilio. <laughs> so, yeah. But he's always right. I, I never think that. I always assume that's wrong, but whenever Buck's saying it, but. Hey. But yeah, no, I yeah, I mean, I could see him moving to the bullpen too. Uh, you know, being a long arm, or you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. This, this may sound silly, but I think give give Joe Biagini one more year of just being strictly a bullpen piece and hope that he can figure things out. I mean, this this next season would be the year to give him that chance, at least in the early in the year. Because you know, you think back to a couple of years ago, he was such a good bull, bullpen arm, and such a shame that things are are where they are now. Yeah, he got broken, and it's the Jabba Chamberlain syndrome all over again and for yeah. Blue Jay fans, unfortunately, this time. But they're definitely not going to go out and spend money on somebody like David Robertson or something like that unless they can get him cheap for a few more years. But he's 34, you know, so how many more of those guys are you going to spend money on when they're not expecting to be fully competitive this year and be more or less 2020, 2021 to be where you're starting to hit your stride? It seems silly that they right. spend a ton of money on it, but... As far as all that goes, um, who do you think is the best trade chip at this point for the Blue Jays? Um, I've been floating the idea that I've been amazed that Kevin Pillar is still a Toronto Blue Jay at this point <laughs> for a while now with Adam Corsair on south of the six. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. 
Yeah, you know what? I think they, they if they were going to trade him, the best time to do it would have been middle of last season or even this, at the beginning of last season. Just looking at the war numbers that he's put up in the past in his career. I mean, I think he's still probably the guy that makes the most sense to trade, especially now that they've uh, they've um, decided not to, to exercise Solarte's option. I would have had some Solarte at the top of that list, but I think he's just going to be non-tendered. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think Kevin Pillar makes a lot of sense to trade. Um, you could also, you know, another guy that actually makes sense to trade as far as, like, not, not fitting under the roster as far as I can see is Brandon Jury. Um, but I don't think he's at a point where they just get anything back for him, so I expect him to return to. But they, they do have an infield glut. I mean, you could, there's so many guys that, you know, Devin Travis, you could even trade him, but he's not at the height of his value either. So, um, yeah, if you're going for somebody in our infield, answer. I think, unfortunately, Smokey is the highest uh, tendered chip on that piece, and I don't really see them trading him just because of the... Uh, I don't think the... As much as I love Roddy Telez and I love the resurgence that he had this past season, I just don't think he's ready to run with that job every day yet. But yeah, that's my I would opinion. tend to... I would tend to agree with that. You know, if it was me, I, w- I would... And I don't think they're going to do this either, but I would like to see... You know, to move on from Kendris Morales and, and give to Telez and Smoke kind of a, an opportunity to platoon at first and and uh, DH or not platoon, but to share those jobs and and you know by midseason Telez looks like he's ready to take it. You can trade Smoke or whatever the situation works out. But I agree. I, I think uh, I think Smoke will be around to the beginning of next season. I guess he makes sense as a valuable trade trip. I, was, I guess in my head, I just. Uh, already resolved the fact that he's not going anywhere or that's what I think anyway yeah at this point I think you hold on to him at least till a trade deadline or something like that because you gotta run with somebody that's a normal everyday good thump in the middle of the Blue Jay lineup at this point although Randall yeah. Dreychuk is starting to look like a good piece of that thumping part of the lineup so I, I really see him as more of a two batter maybe if he can start figuring out some of the strikeout number stuff but and that's where I'm going to yeah. piece this lineup together and where do you put the pieces in I really think that Vlad Guerrero is going to be the you know early call up. <laughs> but yeah, I um, mean it's funny when you look at earlier this week, um, the steamer projections came out for next season, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you caught that, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. was actually rated as base. They assume he's going to be the tenth most valuable hitter in baseball in 2019, which I thought you know even I'm ridiculously high on this kid. I think that's a bit uh, bit much to ask from him, but I think they had him slated like hitting 309. An on base percentage of like 368, uh, 22 home runs, 77 RBI. Like they, you know, these scouts are high. On. He was he was sitting above some pretty pretty uh, notable hitters too. So I think yeah, I think he's going to end up hitting third or fourth in the lineup. Or, you know, in that early part of the lineup. Yeah, I really think that's going to happen. And I did see those projections, uh, Chris. And as far as it goes, I don't know if you saw my awful tweet afterwards. I just said, more or less, get ready to crown your new Toronto sports king if that all of a sudden happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be I a mean, monster. Yeah, if you think, you know, as much as the Leafs uh, rule Toronto, it's, it's funny how Blue Jay Favor can take over, too, when a, when a superstar like that happens. And until, until Austin Matthews can be healthy for a full year, Vlad Girl might overtake him quick. <laughs> yeah, it might be very, very quick. You know, John Tavares just came to town. I don't think he's re- taking that crown away from anybody anytime soon. <laughs> but Not quite yet, anyway. As far as all that kind of good stuff goes. But, 
it gets to that conversation uh, with the Vlads and all these guys coming up. They, they got to make room somehow, and it's going to be trading some of these guys off. I think they're hoping that my prediction, at least, is for they're going to hope to run into spring training with the guys that they've had, the Devin Travises and everybody included in that conversation, and they're going to hope the rookies force their hand into trading those guys. I think, and they're hoping they're doing good enough at the major league level, the Travises and everybody else, that they can hopefully offload them at that point. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the ideal way that this season could play out to begin with. But, you know, I don't, I don't know that Devin Travis is going to be a long-term piece or that Brandon Jury is going to be a long-term piece to this team. But, you know, if they can start the season playing pretty well and reestablish the value that we know, you know, Devin Travis, when he's healthy and he's right and everything's going well, he's shown an ability to hit 300 and to play decent defense. So it's not as if he's some sort of stiff. It's just a matter of proving to people again that, that he is capable of that and that he's going to stay healthy. Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. And that key word there, health, is I, I honestly think he's one of the better hitting second baseman in baseball if he can actually stay on the field. But it's all sure. about consistency with him and uh, being in and out of the lineup this is clearly what's hurt him the last few years. But speaking of health, does Troy Tulowinski make your team this year? I, I mean, you kind of have to include him just given the salary situation. I mean, I... I, I think the Blue Jays are, are pretty much at a point where they should just eat the salary and walk away from the guy. But as long as he's, you know, as long as he's still in the rehab room and whatever else, it's easier to just let him stay there. I, I don't think he's ever going to be healthy enough for him to really be a factor. Yeah. You know, he might he may be on the field for a few weeks or something like that and trying to try desperately. But I, I just don't. I, I don't see how he manages to get himself healthy enough to play ever again. Yeah, my biggest problem also with is as much as I love Troy Tulowinski, um, Loris Gurriel Jr. has arrived, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And how do you block somebody that talented from playing every day? I really think he has oh, nothing yeah, left to prove. Agree. you got to play him. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, you know, it's, you know, I, I really like him as a shortstop. You know, some people are worried that he's doesn't have the defensive chops and, and maybe maybe there's some truth I don't know but uh, I thought he showed more than enough just upside last year and with some more time and experience and massaging of those skills I think he's he's a guy that could be an elite defensive shortstop yeah maybe Bobuchet, maybe Bobuchet's gonna stick there but yeah. uh, I don't know Gurriel looks great my biggest problem with Gurriel is I don't see him as a second baseman he something about no. it's the Chuck Knobloch syndrome. He's too close to first base to make that throw with that giant arm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I yeah. I made the joke to a few people, and actually a few people actually started uh, drinking my Kool Aid. Apparently, Chris, but uh, I, he's got the arm to play third base. And he, it, yeah, he could. It could, and I don't think it'd be one. It's obviously one of those things he hasn't done. But with this plethora of infield talent coming up. I've seen Kevin Smith play, and he's for real too. <laughs> so, I it's it's shortstop, shortstop, shortstop for the Blue Jays, and Gurriel's the first to arrive at the party. So maybe that gives him the tenure. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. Well, and, and you know the way that if I was going to predict how this infield looks like in four years down the line, I would I would my guess is that Guerrero ends up at first long term. You know, I think he'll yeah. start his career as a third baseman, but I think he ends up at first. 
Uh, and I would put him at first, Bichette at second, Gurriel at shortstop, and then at third base, it's going to be a battle between guys like Kevin Smith, Jordan Grosshans, yep. um, you know, maybe Kevin Biggio, although it looks like he's starting to transition to the outfield, which makes a ton of sense, too. And he's looked pretty good from the video I've seen of him in left and right field, too. I, I just think he looks he's like, got a natural He looks athletic ability. enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he looks like an athlete enough to be able to handle it and give him some time. I think he can do it. Uh, he's just following the same footsteps as his dad. He's, he played pretty much every position before he finally cemented at second base. He was a catcher, even. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he keeps hitting home runs like he did last year, then they'll find a spot for him. Oh, sounds great off of his bat. I, like I said, I had the chance to see him last year, too, in New Hampshire, and it was just he's got a nice click just like Guerrero does. Maybe not to the quite thunderous 117-mile-an-hour exit velocity, but it's there. <laughs> right. So... Anyway, Chris, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, it's been a great conversation, as you and I always do. We're just going to have to, you know, get another topic and start hitting it hard. One last Blue Jay prediction, or what do you think is the one thing that might happen this offseason for the Blue Jays? Um, you know, I, I do think going back, uh, just I, I think they'll add to the rotation. And if I was, I do think a guy like a James Shields or someone in that vein makes sense, you know, for a number of reasons. Adding to the bullpen makes sense just to protect these young arms. You don't want to overtax the, the Ryan Bruckies or the Sean Reed Foley's and ask them to be throwing 180 or 200 innings. Let them provide what they can provide and from there fill it in with some veteran arms. So I think they'll wait and, and do that. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100% that that's definitely the thing. I really think that between that and the bullpen, that is going to be their main philosophy for this offseason. They got enough ta- talent everywhere else. It's going to be silly for them to add anywhere else. But it's always one thing if you can turn around somebody and get a really good stud back. It's interesting to see what could happen. And especially with a whole Agreed. new front office, new management, who knows what's going to happen. So It'd be fun. Yeah. So, Chris, you got a moment to shine here. What you been working on at Jay's Journal or a period in life? <laughs> I know you've got all sorts of things going on. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I've been really busy doing lots of work. Uh, you know, I do a daily Daily, daily daily piece at least over at jaysjournal.com always busy on twitter my handle face for a baseball four brains uh, the four being the number so you can always catch up with what i'm doing there I, like i said i was writing uh, just taking a look at those numbers some of those freakish numbers that guerrero and uh pearson had put up the other night so that kind of blew my mind um and then yeah on the music side of things i'm in the midst of recording a new album as well so uh it's been busy all around but uh not to glorify busy but it's been good Sounds good, man. I'm glad we finally had five minutes of, you know, well, okay, 20 minutes to sit down and chit-chat for a while here. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and I'm glad we finally got you on the show. (laughs) My my pleasure. Hey, man, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, my friend. Take care. You bet. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.